November 16th, 2017. My name is Kellen Conley, and this is the world's greatest podcast, Hyphen Nation. Flying without a script today, ladies and gentlemen. I have not done this since the earliest days of the podcast. And for my longtime listeners, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> When I would sit in the Kroger parking lot and be like, huh, what are we talking about today? Um, but, but seriously, what I mean is, um, I just don't have my notes. I have ideas of what I'd like to talk about in my head. And so I'm just going to get into those couple things. And then, and then I may have something very special for you longtime listeners Especially Michael Lamarick, who I know actually responded very well to this topic that I did way back in 2016. So here we go. Went out of town this weekend. Big surprise. Last weekend. It's all I've been doing lately. Me, Aaliyah, and Angel, or me by myself, go see Dad. Um, episode 40. <laughs> By the way, the big four oh I can't I can't I can't keep going without saying we made it to 40 episodes. I mean in a perfect world I would have hit 40 episodes on whatever week 40 was of last year and in a perfect world we'd be talking about this being episode 90 something because we'd be getting real close to hundred. But the thing is, despite it all, despite getting fired and taking breaks and moving and coming up with various excuses as to why I wasn't recording the podcast. I've persevered. I'm here. I got a my own podcast group, my own podcast crew. Uh hyphen podcast group, man. Like I'm I'm so proud to be here. And I'm so proud to be taking it back to the roots with this 40th episode steez that we are on today. So Went out of town last weekend. Went to Columbus, Ohio this time. We did not fly, so I was miserable in the car again. <laughs> hey, car rides uh, when I'm not driving. Uh, went to go visit some friends of ours, Maureen and Mooney Rue, and their three-year-old, Aria Bella. Aria and Aaliyah have been bestest of friends since their creation, and they... they uh, that's the main reason we went so they could play all weekend. They visited us the weekend, the weekend, the month, a month ago. I think it was in October they were here. October, late September. Any hoozle. I got to spend a lot of time watching TV, surprisingly enough, because they occupied each other, which would be a, a pro in the field for are we going to have another kid? Because if we had another kid in about three years' time, Aaliyah and Whatever this baby could be would entertain each other and we could not pay attention to them. <laughs> but seriously, um, 
I mean, they, Arya and Aaliyah kept each other busy, so they were, they were having a great time. I was hanging out with Rue, um, and, we, and we watched, I, I saw Get Out, finally saw that. Here, I'm over here, Mr. Uh, Latecomer, how you doing, guys? Um, Get Out was dope, as dope as everybody said it was. Made me look at Angel a little sideways afterwards. I mean, if anything like that was going to happen, I mean, she would have done it long long ago before we hit the 14 year mark in April. <laughs> so great film by Jordan Peele. Great acting all around. Uh, Daniel, oh, I'm going to mess it up. He's in Black Panther. Kaluuya, I probably messed it up, was incredible. My man, the TSA agent was funny as hell. And then Allison Williams did her damn thing. And I've never seen Allison Williams in everything, anything else because I've never watched Girls. But, one, she's incredibly sexy and attractive in the first half of the film. And then, when their big reveals drop, spoilers, her family's essentially kidnapping black people and using their bodies as vessels for white people's organs. Or, taking their organs for white people, which was what the case was in this movie. Uh, that was the big twist. So their family wasn't just racist. Well, they weren't really racist, were they? They were just fucked up. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, but Allison Williams went from sexy, uh, conf uh, sexy, uh, girlfriend to crazy SOB in Zero to 100. Get Out's a great film. I highly recommend it if you have not seen it. But unlike the rest of the world, I mean, but y'all probably have seen it because I'm so late to everything. It just is what it is. So, let's all get out. Watch the second half of season three, I believe, of Ballers. Or was it season two? I think it was season three. First time I ever watched Ballers. Ballers is a damn good show. And, and I do want to mention that I watched... Uh, the Rock, and was it three different things? Because we got there last Thursday. Uh, we woke, me and Angel woke up on Friday. We were watching the girls. We watched the Game Plan. I love the Game Plan. A great family film. Before The Rock really re uh, redirected his career to just do be a pure action star. I'd still like to see him in those roles. Like not so much the family movies, but I mean Stallone. Not so much Stallone, but Schwarzenegger did it real well. I mean he had. He had, he had his funny family movies, I thought. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing The Rock do that or see him do more serious roles, but I watched Game Plan with Angel on Friday morning, watched Ballers on Saturday morning, and the rest of Saturday while... Or was it on Sunday? It was Saturday. Uh, while me and Rue watched it, and then watched some while Angel's taking a nap, while the girls are taking a nap. Uh, so I finished that, and then I was watching something else of The Rocks on Sunday, I feel like, maybe? I just feel like The Rock was a constant presence in my life this weekend, and it's really not coming to me what else I saw him in, but Watch Ballers, pretty much, is, it's it felt like Entourage for the NFL, but I really like the show, so I'm going to make sure I check out the previous seasons, probably a couple years from now, because uh, nothing like being late to the party. 
episode title. <laughs> um, but I mentioned Rue said he was rewatching Stranger Things at some point uh, on Friday. So I was like, oh, I haven't finished the last two episodes of Stranger Things 2. And he's like, oh, well, come back down to the basement and uh, we'll, we'll watch it. So I finally finished Stranger Things 2. So that is our first topic. That's right. How long did it take us to get here? It took me eight minutes to get to the first topic. Shout out to Anthony real quick. Because <laughs> uh, Anthony is probably going to record Fantasy Football Bosses by himself today. Because Gary had a previous engagement that he, he, he has to attend. And he said something about, I'm probably just going to record it solo. Even though I hate solo uh, podcasts. Thanks for the shade, Anthony. Damn. Damn. Huh. It's always funny when I when I don't use topics. Top 20 MCs was supposed to just be a topic on episode 38. Funny how things change. Um, episode 40, late to the party. Anyway, watch Stranger Things 2. And I finally completed it. What did I think? Um... I'm actually going to tell you what I overheard in Aaliyah's gymnastics class yesterday, which was a couple of moms talking about Stranger Things 2. There may have been a dude there. I don't know. I don't pay attention. I was on my phone. And I'm like, oh, did you watch Stranger Things 2? Like, yeah, I watched Stranger Things 2. Um, what'd you think? I didn't, it was definitely a dude there. I didn't like it as much as the first one. Uh, they're like, yeah, I agree. And then somebody else is like, it was just as good. First off, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Stranger Things 2 was better than the first one. Reason being, I love the first one, and it might be because uh, I have a sequel hangover, maybe. 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 Let's just be real. But. The first Stranger Things was such a surprise when it came out. Like, it came, remember, it came out like late last summer. It was out before Halloween. Like, it was just this thing that Netflix dropped, and then everybody, the world picked up on it and thought it was phenomenal, including myself. I watched that on time. And, I mean, it, it was a great setup. I mean, you, you had Will getting kidnapped into the Upside Down by the Demogorgon. I always want to say Demogorgon, like Demogorgon. But it's Demogorgon. Demogorgon. Not a Demogorgon, like Democrat. Demogorgon. Had Will getting kidnapped into the Upside Down. You had Barb getting kidnapped when Nancy made herself a decision to bone Steve and leave her. But you know what? You know what? Let me, let me just get on a Barb tangent right now. As much as people have been like, justice, hashtag justice for Barb. Like, Barb matters. All this, all this other shit. You know what? Barb could have taken her ass home. Let's be real. Because Nancy was like, look, I'm going to drink and fuck with the uh, um, popular kids. I'm, well, I'm going to drink with them. I'm going to hang out with the new kids. I don't want to be a nerdy dork right now, Barb. I'm, I'm in high school. I'm trying to live it up like John, you know? And, and then Barb's like, but Nancy, Nancy, you need to come home. We need to go. I'm so bored. I'm so outcasted. 
Man, Nancy's trying to get her some Steve loving, man. If I was Nancy, I'd be trying to get some Steve loving too. You see that dude's hair? That uh Farrah Fawcett hairdo. My God. But seriously. <laughs> Let that girl live. So if Barb, instead of going out on the diving board, like like seriously. I'm gonna go out on the diving board. I'm gonna go out on the diving board and sit there all depressed because I don't fit in at this party. Take your ass home, Barb. Like, seriously. Then I'm pretty sure Barb drove. Because one of the things in season one is that they found Barb's car. It was like one of the first indications that Barb was gone. Well, besides the fact that Barb didn't show up at school. I think they found the car after Barb didn't show up at school. Because I think they partied on a weeknight. Don't quote me. Don't quote me. Um, but Barb's just like, oh, it was me on the diving board. Oh, I got kidnapped into the upside down. No shit, Barb. Are you for real? Come on, man. Era justice for Barb. How about some brains for Barb? Barb, it's own fault. I didn't feel no kind of way about Barb. And then they made a big, everybody's like, the whole big campaign, justice for Barb. And then the Duffer brothers are like, oh, we're going to address Barb in season two, all right. Well, they did bring in Brett Gelman, one of my favorite comedians of, of recent memory, who was fantastic on the now-canceled FX show Married with uh, another crush of mine, uh, Judy Greer. Hi, Judy. Uh, man, I got such a type. But uh, he, he was fantastic as the guy that uh, Jonathan and Nancy went to go talk to about what really happened with Barb's death. And of course, we know that Jonathan and Nancy... Oh, spoilers! Uh, <laughs> Jonathan and Nancy ended up hooking up finally and then essentially they, they stayed together for the rest of the episode, the rest of the series, season. Um, I mean, besides that, I was like, after they did that, it was like, all right, well, now we're going to focus on the Demodog, the Demodogs, and on uh, the Upside Down, and, of course, Eleven going to Chicago, and then, it, and like, the epilogue, after everything's done, it's like, now we're going to hold a funeral for Barb. Like, mm. Fuck Barb, man. It's my podcast. I say what I want. Damn it. So. Season two was dope, though. Season one is is dope, too. I'm not trying to discredit anything from season one. But season two, man, it was just like you you just got right into it, man. I mean, you had Dart show up. Uh, Will immediately starts having his his visions. I forget what they were calling him exactly in the show. Uh his uh, precognitive flashes, so to speak, reminds me of uh, what was happening with Kane in the Spider-Man books during the Clone Saga when he kept seeing flashes of Mary Jane being dead. It was kind of like that, except, I mean, that did almost come to pass, but, ah, the Clone Saga, how I love you for being so convoluted. Uh, Will was having his flashes. I mean, they, they introduced a new girl who my man Lucas got with in Confession Time. When I was watching Stranger Things 1, I saw the name Millie Bobby Brown, not realizing it was 11 until I actually looked to see who was playing who. And I was like, yo, dude playing Lucas like, look a lot like young Bobby Brown. I wonder if Bobby Brown has a has a kid out there who got into acting. Like, I, I figured, and I was completely wrong on that. But man, Lucas did his thing. He got the girl in the end. And he, he had a great character arc, uh, despite the fact that Billy was only at his throat because he was black. 
uh, which is bullshit, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, Dustin. Dustin had a great arc, too. Uh, and, and, of course, it introduced a, a new element into things, because obviously in season one, they were distrusting Mike about caring too much for Eleven, so on and so forth. And in this one, Dustin found Dark. And then even after... He brings Dart to school. They show Dart doubles in size. And then he finds Dart on his own. He takes Dart home and then Dart eats his cat. <laughs> so you had that You had that element of, of one of them royally uh, messing things up. But uh, shout out to the actor who played Will. He was, he was awesome this season because I read somewhere that there was fear that he would be like uh, Justin Bartha in The Hangover where he was never around. Uh, like in Hangover 1, he was left on the roof. Spoilers. Hangover 2, he did not go with them for the bachelor party into Bangkok. And then, as far as uh, season, uh, the third Hangover, he again ends up kidnapped. <laughs> so, it's just really interesting that, that Justin Bartha got shit on so bad. So, um... People feared that that would happen with Will, especially with him pulling out that slug at the end of Stranger Things 1. But that wasn't exactly the case. Will was a prom player this season. Uh, carried his story really well. And I, I, was, I was a big fan of his arc and them eventually getting him back from being possessed by whatever that smoke, uh, whatchamacallit thing is, um... From the, from the upside down. And from there, this had a lot of cool things happen in this series. And I'm, my coworker is trying to annoy me right now. And I'm just, I'm, that's why I got distracted. Will, Will had a great role. Dustin had a great role. Lucas had a great role. Nancy and Jonathan got together. My man Steve stepped up. Um... Billy was a piece of shit. I can't think of the girl's name, and my apologies for that, but sh her role was cool. Um, really liked her role. You know who got on my nerves? And <clears throat> I actually was watching some of The Stranger of Season 1 with Vru on Sunday before he left to come back. Um, I didn't notice it as much as I did this season, but Will, not Will, Mike. Mike is so annoying this season. <laughs> All he does, like, seriously, what does Mike do at all in Stranger Things Season 2 that helps anything at any point? All he does is cry about missing 11. He's being a little asshole in school and getting in trouble and his grades are slipping. And he's, he's being one of those angsty teenagers because he, he misses 11. Uh, but, like, I'm, I'm really trying to think, like, what part of this was, like, oh, man. Mike, like, in season one, I mean, Mike, Mike is the one who, did he find 11 on his own? They all found 11. I can't remember that either. But Mike was crucial to the whole plot of the show. In season, in Stranger Things 2, he just wasn't. All he was is a whiny bitch. Like, the whole damn thing. I mean, Dustin's the one that saved him from Dart. Nancy and Jonathan are the ones who, uh... Well, they, they didn't take out a fight, a 
uh, Demogorgon like they did in season one, but they they had their key roles in figuring things out. Damn, why am I not remember what the hell they were doing? I know they were they were involved. Oh, oh, they helped get the damn. They helped Will get unpossessed. Shout out to Winona, Winona Ryder, another phenomenal performance. Uh, my man uh, Hopper was killing it again. But, uh, man, fuck Mike this season. Like, first season was fuck Barb. This season's fuck Mike. I could have done without Mike. I, I'm glad they brought back Eleven. I mean, obviously, we all knew Eleven would be back. Uh, the, the weird thing about Eleven, uh, like the whole arc with her and Hopper, that's it. Uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just the climate. But man, that felt weird for a while. It's like, man, you're basically holding her hostage. I mean, I get that she's a government secret. And if they find her, they want to experiment her. And of course, that was resolved by the end of the season. But it's like, man, that's creepy. <laughs> And I know they're going for more of a father-daughter thing, but, like, up until the point where they got in that huge fight and then she wouldn't come out and talk to Hopper next morning and then she didn't see Hopper again until uh, she literally walked into Will's house in episode 8. Was it 8? I think it was 8. Or episode 9. It could have been 9 when she got back from Chicago. Um, and, and then... In, uh, in episode 9 and then with the ending and then with the birth certificate thing that's when you felt more father-daughter but before it was just like it, it just felt weird and I know that's not what they're going for but it, it just felt off maybe it was because of the lack of attention that he was able to pay to her as well so that, that had a lot to do with it um can I say shout out to Mike's mom for when Billy went to the house and homegirl got out of the shower? I was like, dang, Mike's mom. You don't, you don't look so boring to me now. Shout out to Mike's mom in that scene. Bob Newby, you are a hero. I can't believe you went out that way because I, I read my man Marcus's piece on Bob Newby being a hero. Um, he had a major role in season two. Probably responsible for when Will got um, possessed because Will decided to turn towards that uh, that strange thing. See what I did there? And confronts it instead of instead of continuing to run. And maybe he could have avoided being possessed at that moment. But gave him some bad advice. But then came up big when he needed to. Got the kids and and uh, his mom out and got everybody out of the hospital safely. But I, I knew he died. I mean, I read it on Pajiba um, by accident, and then I read Marcus's piece on the M-A-R-C, Rob.wordpress.com, official sponsor of Hyphen Nation Podcast. And I was like, man, it sucks about Bob, man. But I thought Bob went out like a G or something, man. Like, go, go. I'm like, no, Bob, no. He's like, no, I can just go. Just get yourself free and then go out like a G, like to the Demodogs or whatever. My man... My man knocked over a damn mop, I think, a broom, coming out the broom closet, and that's what set him up to fail. But meanwhile, Paul Reiser, shout out to Mad About You and your role on Married, previously mentioned Married. My man Paul Reiser somehow gets out of that control room, 
gets gets in some kind of confrontation with a, with the demo dog, I imagine. And maybe it was when I can't even think when they would have. Maybe the dog that attacked him was the same dog that showed up at Will's house that Eleven took out when she got back from Chicago. Uh, but he was like, oh, I'm hurting the stairwell. He was fine. But my man Bob Newby had to go make the ultimate sacrifice, man. And shout out to Sean Aston and Bob Newby, man. He he was absolutely fire in this role. It's a shame that he had to go out. I get that they're trying to clear way for Hopper and Will's mom to get together in Stranger Things 3. And I, I can see why they couldn't really be together and two with him hiding eleven, but with eleven not having to be a secret anymore. Um, I, I mean, I, it pretty much sets it up for them to be together. I love Stranger Things too, though. Absolutely love it. There was one other thing I wanted to mention about about it before I went to the next topic. Um, oh, the Chicago episode. A lot of people. Giving the Chicago episode shit. Like, oh, that had no point. Like, yeah, it did. I mean, obviously, in the first episode, we saw Eight for the first time when she made the illusion of the tunnel crash and when they were making her, her and her gang were making their escape from the robbery. So, obviously, that was a clue to there's other kids out there who have went through similar things like Eleven. There's an Eight. They could have just left it there and be like, oh, there's an eight. And everybody like, well, what was that thing at the beginning of the season? They had to do that. And at the same time, Eleven essentially went there to level up, if you think about it. Because she went up there. I mean, this is the first time Eleven's ever been on her own. She had already met her met her mother. And I, I don't know if that was her sister, the one that was actually taking care of her mother. Or no, because I think that was her only... Her mom, I think Eleven was her only child. Jane was her only child. So I, I don't know exactly what role that that lady who she ended up running away from after, because uh, she told her she wanted, she was going to track down Eight or whatever. Um, but she went there. She met Eight, and yeah, while Eight was trying to use her, at the same time, I think Eight really did have an immediate bond with her from from childhood because she was older than Eleven when. Everything was happening, and when Jane's mom burst into the room, and and then ended up getting electroconvulsive therapy. So I feel like that was vital to the story. It was a good episode. It was, it was, yeah, it was. It had nothing to do with the bigger effect of anything. But then Eleven just learned how to learn how to do what she does, and that's why she was able to close the portal ultimately in uh, episode nine. Stranger Things two, I highly recommend it. It was not a letdown. I also recommend uh, you go back and rewatch Stranger Things 1, because why not? Why not let it fly? Shout out to Chris Smooth. Next topic. And this will be a little bit briefer. That's even a word. This will be a briefer topic. So, in my cable cutting adventures, which have been miserable, but I am glad we're not paying Comcast 200 some dollars a month, but... Same time, we're still dropping 100 to Comcast for high-speed internet, the highest speed, and tried uh, the Fire Stick, and it's cool, but, I mean, it's just not reliable enough if you're using Cody or whatever. Um, we did do the Hulu Plus, the $40 a month for 
TV, and that's not bad. The the more popular program seems to be, which I mostly find issues with when I'm watching NFL games. I find that um, it's more difficult to it, it buffers a lot during sporting events, at least. But like regular TV and stuff like that, I haven't had any issues. So Hulu Live's not bad. But ultimately, I just know that my mother-in-law is going to make us get Dish Network and get back on line, so to speak. But she says she's going to pay for it, so we'll see what happens. But um, we're going to go with this. Got Hulu Live. And one of the cool things about Hulu is, of course, you get access to their entire library of stuff, which means I got Scrubs back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been watching Scrubs again, which is always a good thing. Uh, but I, I started watching Misfits season four because I haven't watched it since in the season three. When spoilers, when Simon uh, gets caught in that time loop so that he can be with Alicia forever. Um, hey, I'm gonna be pulling shit out of my head. What else been watching? I've been I was watching a Good Place. I was watching new episodes of that as it was premiering. I've been watching The Mayor on ABC. It's it's not. I mean, it's cool for what it is. I feel like it's going to get canceled. Also, this first time I ever find Leia, found Leia Michelle attractive in my life because I I used to be a big Glee fan, uh, like in the early seasons, and then I kind of fell off towards the end. And I never really was a big Leia Michelle dude. I was more of a Diane Agron kind of guy and a Santana uh, before she kind of went a little crazy after the whole her dating Big Sean thing a few years back. Um, how's a Diane? I was all about that. I don't know if her name was Brittany on the show, but I was all about the Diane Agron life. But Leia Michelle on the mayor is like, oh, okay, now I finally see it. But <laughs> been watching the mayor, and Angel and I have been kind of watching Designated Survivor this year. We're not on it as much as we were. We're several episodes behind, so that just makes for good binge watching, I guess, because I'm pretty sure they're going to go and want a break like they did last year. Uh, but I, I picked back up Last Man on Earth. I'm pretty sure at some point on the podcast, I was bashing Last Man on Earth because I got into the series when it first started. It stars, um, that's not Will Arnett. Oh my God. I can, I can see his stupid face. <laughs> Will Forte. It stars Will Forte is the last man on Earth and original premise was he was the last man on Earth so he met uh, Carol. Um, whose name is escaping me, and she's really great in her role, though. Ah, uh, I'm gonna have to Google it. But he meets Carol and realizes, hey, we're not the last people on Earth, and then they've been adding various characters ever since. But season one went extremely, extremely out of its way to make um, Will Forte's character Phil, who later became Tandy, because another Phil showed up. Um, who who played another Phil? Hold on. Last man on Earth. Podcast 101, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so sorry. Um, here we go. Kristen Shaw is Carol uh, about... Well, I can't even say her name. What is wrong with me? Carol... Carol... She plays Carol on the show. Wow. Uh, then you also have January Jones, Cleopatra Coleman, Mel Rodriguez, who I'm a huge fan of his work. 
I'm a real big fan of his, uh, especially since the show. And then Steenburgen. Mary Steenburgen, I've loved you since forever. You're a lucky man, Ted, Ted Danson. Whoever that light-skinned dude is, um, uh, he's, he's on, was he, I think he was on Real House Husbands. Oh, it makes me so mad. Um, but there was another film. Anyway, premise of the first season was they did everything in their power to make make Phil Tandy so unlikable that I I was ready to give up the show. I really hated this dude. Like he was just doing awful shit to everybody. But something made me stick with it. I got Boris Cujo. Whew, sorry. I, I got through season one. Came back for a little bit of season two, and then um, I, I got. I think we moved from from. Uh, oh my goodness! I'm drawing blanks, guys. Shoot, this is awful. Louise Avenue. We moved from Louise Avenue, and then because there was delay between Louise Avenue and us getting an arc right, they Comcast essentially erased my DVR, so I lost like all of a whole bunch of stuff that I was currently watching. Uh, so I, I came back to it later and I, I was still was like, all right, this is okay. But then spoilers, if anybody is watching this, at the end of season two, Phil's brother is an astronaut and he was on a satellite. He finds his way back to earth. And then we kind of pick up from there as he makes his journey to get back to, to Tandy. And then from there, it's, just, it's, you know what? It's just been a really fun show. Um, they, they redeemed t- uh, Tandy cause after he got, he essentially got left by the group, and then he found his way back to him and got back in her good graces. He's still stupid as hell on the show, but at least he realizes he was a piece of shit in season one and in his life prior to the virus killing most everybody on Earth. So to see him be stupid yet realize that he's that he has a lot of that he's had a lot of growth. In the time the series been on the air is awesome, but seriously, Mel Rodriguez is a joy because he he's a, he is a January Jones's husband now on the show, and he is just wonderful in his role, man. Like he does this thing where he gets stressed out, he he go, he pop in, pops and locks, and he'll throw on the track, man. And he starts getting it, man, and he's just amazing. He is amazing. So I recommend Last Man on Earth right now if you're not watching it. If you're like me and wanted to give up after the first season, hang in there. Let Tandy get reunited with the group. Let other Phil die from appendicitis. Spoilers. And then after that, you're going to be in for a good time. Because I've found every episode to be highly entertaining. And I am caught up on that. So I just wanted to tell you all about Last Man on Earth and all that jazz. I have not seen Thor Ragnarok, nor have I seen Justice League. Uh, did I actually stayed in town this past weekend. Um... But we we did go to a wedding on Saturday night, but I, I just I, I just haven't went to the movies, man. Like, I don't know. I want to see Thor, but I'm just being lazy about it. I don't know. My apologies. So, way back when, in episode 12 of the show... I did a little thing called when Jessica met Wade in Seattle, I think, which was essentially my telling of 
was my Daredevil fan fiction proposition that I had written years ago to do a Marvel anthology. Then I moved it to Marvel 2000. And then I was just too lazy to write it. Just could not find the time. So, in episode 12 of Hyphenation, I detailed what the first issue of Deadpool slash Jessica Jones would have been. Deadpool alias. Well, you're in for a special treat because we're going to pick back up. So, when you last left our crazy man and our hero Jessica Jones, they had made an unholy alliance, shout out to wrestling, where Jessica was going to help a down-on-his-luck way get back into the mercenary game as long as she wasn't directly involved in the actual killing of anybody that she that she could keep track of. And then she's also trying to keep an eye on him, too, because he's Deadpool and he's crazy. Meanwhile, Wade would help Jessica get herself established as in Seattle since she's moved cross-country away from New York because she hates New York and doesn't want to be in the superhero game anymore. Um, so she's traveling all the way to Seattle and has opened up an alias investigations there. They form an unholy alliance to help each other get back on their feet. Thusly, when we pick up, we see Jessica and Wade hanging out in Jessica's office, alias investigations. Wade is running his mouth nonstop. Jessica has told him to shut the F up several times, and yet he is not buying anything. He's not listening because we all know that Wade does not listen. Jessica has threatened him several times at this point and has even thrown him into a wall. And yet Wade still is just being incessantly chattery. And so, so the relationship's off to a horrible start. <laughs> just, a, just a horrible start. But then a knock comes at the door. So Wade throws on the image inducer. Uh takes a seat, Jessica opens the door, and an and older, older lady comes in, and she's like, I have a, a missing, a missing ch- children's case, like, I miss, um, can't find my child. Yeah, a simple missing child case is what I got down here. I, I, I need your help locating this child. It's not her child directly, it's a friend's child. Of course, Jessica's like, uh, did you go to the police, and uh, we're not, that's not really what I'm, um, I do here. And she's like, yes, of course. Gave it 48 hours. This is, this has been six months. Gave it 48 hours and nothing. Police, the police started to search, came up empty, can't find a body, no anything. And they called, they declared the case cold. Now, this child is 13 years old, so immediately Jessica's like, oh, well, so-and-so, she ran away. Like, no, I don't think she ran away because I've been in contact with her. So Jessica's like, what do you mean you've been in contact with her? How has she missed you been in contact with her? She's like, she's been coming to me in my dreams. And Wade's like... Of course, Wade starts running his mouth like, what do, what do you mean in your dreams, like crazy person? I mean, I know I'm crazy, but why, why is this child coming to you in your dreams? She's like, she's been calling to me for help for the last two months. I, I like at least once or twice a week, I'll, I'll fall asleep. And here she is, this little girl. 
I'm not going to name the girl because I'll probably forget it in the course of the story. Coming to me and, and asking me to help. Help me find my way back home. And Jessica's like, this is all fine and good. Like, but how in the hell am I supposed to find somebody that you only think is alive because you're dreaming of them? Not, and Jessica's not putting it past her at this point. I mean, she's she's seen some shit. She's in the Marvel Universe. I mean, she's in a room with a guy with a healing factor and can't be killed at, at the moment. Not to mention her own superpowers. So she she's not completely not believing her, but at the same time, it's like, I, I don't know what to do to help you. It, it's a little much. So she says, last time, the, the older lady who came to see Jessica, she says, last time that she came to see me, she, uh, she gave me a specific address. Like, a, a specific address? Like, did you, and Jessica's like, did you go to the address? She's like, no, but I went to the police with this, and they don't believe me, of course. No, And nobody's went to check it out, and honestly, I may just be a crazy old woman. But I really feel like this is worth checking out. So Jessica's like, all right, fuck it. You know what? If you want to pay me my fee, me and my partner, Wade here, we will head down to this address here in Seattle, and we will see what's what. We'll check the place out, do our investigation, and I mean, if we can't find anything, then we just let this go, right? And all lady's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, no problem. So, thusly, lady leaves. I mean, Wade's immediately like, well, this is stupid. We're not going down there for some crazy, crazy lady uh, who's been telling us all these different things uh, about having dreams about this missing child that's been gone for six months. And then Jessica's like, yeah, you're right. But she is paying us. And therefore, we're going to take our asses down there. So they head down to what is, uh, I, I don't know Seattle. I've said this before, but they head down to... Um, Let's just, they had the, it's an address downtown. It's in the uh, the corporate section of, of town, so to speak. Like it's it's not like the big buildings or anything. It's not like, but it, it is a little section of Seattle. In my story, I don't know Seattle again, where there, there's lots of local businesses and stuff like that. So you get down there and then they get to the place and it's a podiatry place. And like just because like she couldn't Google this shit and figure out it's a podiatry office like. What the hell? Like, the address matches exactly. Like, what is this What is this woman on? Is she leading us on a wild goose chase? And I mean, they kind of get their suspicions up. Like, may, maybe they're walking into something that they don't need to be or whatever. So, so Wade still got the image inducer on. They roll in. And then uh, they're, they're talk, they talk to the sec, to secretary. And she's like, like oh, I got help. You need an appointment? She's like, um, I, I just want to do, like, uh, uh, can... can uh, have a, a consult co- consultation. That's I just want to have my foot kind of looked at. I don't want to do anything major, but if you um, if you accept walk-ins, like oh yeah, we accept walk-ins, no problem at all. Uh, and then she's like, Wade, stay here in the lobby. I'm gonna go back here and snoop around and talk to the doctor, everything like that. And Wade's like, I'm gonna stay in the lobby. Don't worry, stay in the lobby. That boy gonna stay in the lobby. So uh, Jessica gets called back probably about 20 minutes later. After they sat and Daredevil was coloring, Daredevil, Deadpool was coloring, <laughs> Jessica heads back, talk to the doctor, and then Wade's like, oh, well, I'm going to flirt with this this uh, secretary. 
Manju secretary's like fifties, eh, tees, blonde hair, uh, wrinkles. Well, fifties no, is a little rough. Wrinkles, sixties. She's seen some things, and I mean, she ain't having it. Like, say, like, hey, you come here often? Like, just saying dumb shit to her. And he's like, she's like, you need to get out. You need to go wait outside because you're bothering me. And if you don't leave me alone, I'm calling the police. And this is like within five minutes of Jessica being gone. So Wade goes outside. And when he's like, well, maybe, maybe I can find a window and peek in on Jessica. See, what, see if I see anything, you know, put my detective skills to use. Wade has no detective skills. Um, so he heads on back, like around the building, because it, it's a freestanding building, which is another weird thing here in Seattle, all these connected buildings. And it's like a freestanding, small, decent sized office. He heads to the back, and so he 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 uh, sees his black van in the back, and he's like, like that's weird. Like, why would a podiatry place have a a van in the back chilling? And he see he sees people just hopping out, and these huge crates being carried down to this down these steps, and he's like, what in, what in the world's going on here? So he heads downstairs. Uses a little bit of his stealth to kind of creep around. Thankfully, there's not a whole lot of people carrying crates down there, but the whole basement of this place is like this this huge warehouse. The podiatry the place built on top of this, essentially, it's like a parking garage, like an underground parking garage that's been sealed up. And as far as I can see, he sees all these guns. That's what the, the people, the dudes he followed in is carrying. is a bunch of guns. Anyway, he's like, um... Son doesn't seem right about this podiatry office, and no sooner does he say that than uh, Jessica's getting hauled downstairs, and she's like, "Let me go, let me go, blah blah blah." And of course, she she could easily fuck up the dude that she's with, but she's trying to, uh, you know, not not blow her cover. Not anybody knows she used to be Jewel or whatever. So and try to see where this goes, and this doctor in his little white white coat or whatever. I don't even know if podiatrists wear a white coat, but he's wearing a white coat in this one. Brings her down, and it's like I caught I caught her snooping around, and she's asking all these questions about a missing a missing little girl, and 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 uh, we want to make sure that uh, we handle this before before word gets out what's going on down here or something like that. Of course, this is all coming off the top of my head, so excuse me if it's not fluid. Uh, so Jessica gets drugged down, gets sat down in front of a 13-year-old girl. Hmm. Jessica's like, um, you are the exact little girl that I was looking for from this picture. She's like, hmm, did a little old lady come see you and say I was a missing child or anything like that? Well, you know, essentially, the little old lady come to see you and, uh, is this where you got this information from? And Jessica's like, uh, yeah. And she's like, well, that is my rival so-and-so. We are we are two wannabe, I don't want to say wannabe, up-and-coming uh, dr- gun runners in Seattle. And I am a little person. I'm not missing. So Jessica messed up by not checking, checking facts as far as if there's actually missing. She is like, let's go down this address. So this is bad on Jessica's part and probably bad writing on my part because Jessica would have checked it. But anyways, this 13-year-old little person is is threatening Jessica's life and is like, look, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill that bitch too. Like, this is stupid. I can't believe you sent a private investigator after me. Uh, so anyway, this one Deadpool has to come out. 
Uh, image inducer goes down. Deadpool merges. Everybody's like, what the hell is Deadpool doing here? Deadpool's like, uh, that's my that's my friend right there. I need y'all to go somewhere else and do this crazy gun running shit somewhere else. And uh, like, well, no way. So, of course, classic battle. Everybody starts shooting at Wade. Uh, and I say about there's probably about ten people there tops, including the, including a doctor and then a little person who was accused of being a missing child. And uh, I mean, so Jess, Jessica hits the floor. They're trying to figure things out as to not. I don't know. I don't want to say not get killed. <laughs> so I mean, you know, obviously Deadpool doesn't have to worry about it, but Jessica does. It's like, oh man, we're, I mean, this is stupid. Like, well, I can't believe we're in the middle of this firefight right now. <laughs> I can't believe I'm making this shit up. Uh, and then Jessica's like, don't kill anyone. He's like, what do you mean don't kill anyone? Who's shooting us? Like, don't kill anybody. So Deadpool's trying his best not to kill anybody. <laughs> I mean, he's sticking to his, his swords. I mean, he stabs a bunch of people, knocks a couple people out. Eventually... Little, little little person is uh, trying to run out of the building uh, after after uh, Jessica um, knocks out the doctor who drug her downstairs and little person's run out trying to run out of the building runs right into the other older into the old lady who came to see Jessica and wait eventually and she's like like hi you didn't expect me to sick uh sit to send to, uh, I don't know. Like they, they, the little person runs out. She runs into the older lady. Old lady's like, "Hi, um, I got the drop on you. You never expect me to send a private investigator after you." And she's like, "I didn't expect you to send Deadpool after me." Like Deadpool? What do you mean Deadpool? So here's Deadpool coming around. Like, like, hey guys, what's up? Don't know uh, what uh, you're talking about here, but uh, I think we need to settle this once and for all because you just tried to kill me and my friend there. And so uh, in a epic showdown, essentially. They both try their hand at taking down Deadpool, and they both fail miserably. Jessica stops him from killing uh, the little girl. And it's not that he's a murderous dude. I mean, it's just natural. It's just natural. She's like, stop it. That's enough. You got him. Deadpool's like, I don't understand all this not killing stuff, man. Like, I, I finished jobs. This is what you superheroes' problems are. Y'all leave people li living, and then y'all keep fighting them for 40 years, and y'all understand why... You, you always had the same problems. She's like, I'm not a superhero, but I'm also not above the law. And as long as you're with me, you're not above the law either, pal. So they do the right thing. Wade doesn't kill anybody. They... I don't know how you would break... I'm trying to be realistic about it. How would you find, like, bust up like alert that you've busted not just one but two gun smuggling operations in Seattle that probably no one even knew about. Probably in in best Wade fashion, he he would they they would probably just call the police and he would copy Spider Man, tie up uh, the little person and the older lady and be like your friendly neighborhood Deadpool or some shit like that. <laughs> just like why did you tell him that it was Deadpool like? It's like, I'm not going to let, let somebody else get the credit. Some other Seattle, Seattle guy get the credit. So, missing child case became an undercurrent, um, discovers an underground gun smuggling operation in Seattle. So, Jessica and Wade have their first case. 
Jessica didn't get paid, which means Wade didn't get paid, which means they're back at square one, and Jessica's savings is rapidly draining because she really put a lot of money into the move and she really needs to get a solid case in order to get things going. So Deadpool being Deadpool, he's like, I'll find us a case. She's like, what, what the hell you mean you'll find us a case? So I'll find us a case, don't worry. And I'm pausing for dramatic effect, but really I'm just trying to think. So Wade goes and hangs out at a local counseling office, like a psychiatrist, therapist kind of deal. And he literally hangs outside and just is offering out these little hand-drawn business cards for cheating husband? Get proof! At least investigations. And he's handing these out. Outside of his therapist, as these grieving wives or husbands are coming in and like even even giving it to couples that are there for couples therapy and, and eventually gets kicked out. Heads back to Hale's investigations. Uh, Jessica's having a smoke and she's like, what did you do? And he's like, oh, you know, just try to drum up some business. She's like, I've gotten six calls from different husbands and wives who want us to spy on their on their spouses. And he's like, there you go. There's some business right there. And she's like, that's the dumbest shit I ever heard. He's like, it worked, didn't it? I'm like, yeah, but you can't, you can't harass people like that. He's like, I didn't harass anybody. He's like, I, I just simply suggested that uh, if they're unhappy, maybe they can get some closure <laughs> thanks to Haley's investigation. So Jessica's like, all right, well, I'm going to head out and start trailing this first guy. You, you're free to do whatever you want. Just, just don't, just. Just make, we had enough action today, so. Deadpool agrees, so uh, he's like, I'm, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go hit up the tanning bed. Because <laughs> Deadpool, of course, would want to go tan with his burnt ass. So he heads to the tanning tan salon, and Jessica's out taking pictures, and. I mean, Jessica checks her, uh. Jessica's checking out the first check that she got from, uh that she picked up before she headed over to start taking pictures. It's a nice hefty sum for her services, her and Wade services. And and while it's not a perfect relationship by any means, Alias Investigations may be on to a bright new future thanks to the addition of Wade Wilson. And that's Deadpool number two. I hope that uh, was coherent. In case you uh, didn't get all that, Deadpool and Jessica got a missing child case. They went to investigate it without properly finding out if the authorities were actually notified on this. And they ran smack dab into an underground drug smuggling or uh, underground gun smuggling operation and stopped not just one operation, but two because the other person decided to conveniently come and gloat in the other's face. And then Deadpool and Jessica handled their business and took them out. And then Deadpool drummed up some business for alias investigations by handing out business cards at a therapist's office to spouses going in and out with their various problems. 
I thought it was funny. Y'all might be like, what the fuck, man? I'm, I turned this off 10 minutes ago. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. So, so there you go. Lamb. Deadpool slash alias issue number two. Now I could leave it right there and just wrap this up nicely with a bow. But just in case you truly were bored by the Deadpool story, I want to throw something else in here just to make y'all stay <laughs> when I put up the show notes. Uh, so I mentioned I hadn't seen Ragnarok nor Justice League. And I mentioned in a previous episode not that long ago that I was wondering how much longer would I care about superhero movies. Um, I'm worried that I might be getting apathetic, man. I mean, there's been so many movies since, I guess, what we will just call it, when was the dawn of the superhero movie? If we say Iron Man, that was 08. It's been almost 10 years of superhero films every year. Iron Man was 08. 09 was, or Hulk came out in 08 too. And then 09 was, the Cap come out in 09? Or the Cap come out in 11? I think Cap came out in 11. I can't remember the specific order. And that doesn't really matter. I just, I'm just saying that if you think about it, I've watched an awful lot of superhero films. And I just can't get excited for Ragnarok or Justice League. Justice League's understandable. I mean, I haven't, I've heard Wonder Woman's awesome. I have not watched it yet. But Justice League, I'm I'm hearing mixed reviews on again. Now I will say I did like Batman v Superman as as many flaws as it had. I really like Batman v Superman. I I just don't have a desire to go see Justice League. I mean, the best Flash is on TV. Uh Henry Cavill is mad Superman. I do like Affleck's Bruce Wayne, but. Not a day passes that I don't hate Ben Affleck more for him just doing dumb shit. Gal Gadot is a goddess in real life. Jason Momoa, don't care about him. <laughs> and whoever the dude playing Cyborg is, I don't care, man. It's like, mm. and Ragnarok, it's like, oh, it's awesome. It's 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 Thor, and I love Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Hawk is back for the first time since Age of Ultron. So this should be a big deal to me, and it's just it's just not, like, I want to see it, but I'm just not, like, dying to go rushing out to go see it like normal. Like, I went to go see Spider-Man Homecoming, but, I mean, that was Spidey. I got a rep for the team, got a rep for Spidey. But to go rep for, I don't know, I, I just don't feel the urge like I, I had been. Maybe, maybe something's wrong with me. And I'm actually seeing a couple people say that they didn't... One, one of my friends said on Facebook they hated Homecoming, which was really surprising. It's also pretty angry sometimes, so I didn't push the issue. I just let him let him have his moment on his Facebook, as people are wont to do. Um, I didn't see Doctor Strange yet. Doctor Strange still on Netflix. I haven't watched Doctor Strange. I haven't watched a ton of the Netflix stuff. I've gotten through most of Daredevil Season 1, and I just have never made the effort to finish it. I'm going to have to soon, because I don't know when that Disney streaming is going to come in. 
and I'm I don't know how long. Well, I mean, obviously they're Netflix shows, so maybe they'll be able to keep those Netflix shows. But then everything's gonna go to the Disney streaming app because Disney streaming is gonna come out with a lower price point than Netflix, and they're gonna have all the Disney material on this Disney streaming app, which is gonna be a huge blow to Netflix in a way. I mean, Netflix obviously has their own original content, but it has a ton of stuff they won't have anymore. Maybe I'll catch up on all that. That's 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 still no man. As I just sat here and told y'all a wonder a wondrous tale of Deadpool and Jessica Jones. <laughs> and yet I'm sitting here and I I just can't get motivated to really get into the movies right now. And even worse, I haven't seen Rogue One. I never watched Star Wars Rogue One last year. I haven't watched it all. It's been on Netflix forever. I haven't watched Episode 7 since the theater in full. I've seen pieces. And I'm not really that pumped about Episode 8. I watched the trailer and I get naturally pumped. But then it's like, oh, Episode 8 comes out in a few weeks. And it's like... Like, I literally, when we got back from going to see, because when episode seven came out, the episode seven, that came out the year my mom died. That was, that was 15. So I literally, when we got back to Morgantown from being out of town to see my family, I went to go see the first available showing of Star Wars episode seven and 3D. And it was amazing. I cried three times. I, I shit you not. I've told you this. I feel like I cried three times. I cried at the end. I cried. Some. I think I cried when the credits came up, but I was sober. I, I was a little tired, but I had an emotional year too. So it just felt good to see Star Wars in the theater. Honestly, no, no, that was my second Star Wars in the theater experience because I never went to go see any of the prequels in the movies other than uh, Revenge of the Sith. I went to go see that with Angel. Uh, and I mean, this is my my second Star Wars experience in the theater ever. So it was a big deal, I guess. Apparently, the moment moment felt big. I'm just not. I'm just not motivated. I don't know. Maybe I'm just going through a little phase. Like maybe in two days, somebody will be like, "Hey, let's go see uh, Thor." I'm like, "Yeah, let's go see Thor!" Woo! I'm just like, oh, I'll, just, I'll just catch it when I catch it. But I think it might be a part of that whole thing of aging out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't know. I mean, I'm excited for Deadpool 2, obviously. I'm real excited for Black Panther. Uh, is Infinity War next year? So is, that, is it next year? Let's see, when the last... It might be next year. Infinity War Part 1 comes out next year. Like, I'm immediately excited for that. I haven't watched Guardians 2, man. It's, I just have such apathy. I'm just lazy. I think that's the main thing, though. I say that it's not that I'm not into it. It's not that I don't get excited about these properties anymore. I'm just so lazy. It's like, do I really want to take the time to leave my house and go see this movie and eat all the popcorn and... Just right now, that's not, just not the space I'm in, man. Uh, I don't know. These things happen, I guess. Happen to the best of us. 
Mm. That's all I got for y'all today, though. Gave you a little TV recaps. Gave you the next adventures of Deadpool slash Alias. And then I wrapped up with a little Marvel talk. Marvel Cinematic Universe movie talk. So, thank you so much for listening to the world's greatest podcast. You can find Hyphenation on iTunes. Please rate, review, comment. Well, that's the same as reviewing. Share, subscribe, all those things. The more you do that, the more exposure the show gets. But if you'd like to just keep this as your little secret and not want anybody else to find out about this, it's going to happen one way or the other. I don't care. Um. Oh, I just thought of something. Quick little sidebar topic. I think I made mention at one point of... Uh, I, I, at one point, I know I was going at local radio people here in Morgantown. Um... And it was it was uh, the Kevin Connolly show, and yeah, <laughs> Kevin Connolly sounds a lot like Kellen Conley. We've been there before, um, but I really was not a fan of their morning show because it was around this uh, probably about a year or so ago, a little over a year, where their morning show got canceled, and it was it was Kevin Connolly. It was uh, Sarah McGuire and Adam oh, it's right, Adam Petrus, I believe. And I just never got in their show. I felt like Sarah was always doing a terrible job. And, and I was just like, man, this, this show stinks. And they tell it they have the boring segments and uh, I don't like it. And then, I, and then when the show ended and then they brought in the current morning team uh, at VAQ, uh, Adam went and started his own podcast. Sarah was, I don't know what Sarah was doing. Kevin's kind of did a podcast with Eric McGuire again for a little bit. I don't know how that went. But one of my main goals uh, of the Hyphen Podcast, one of my short-term goals, long-term goals, is there's a magazine called Morgantown Magazine here in Morgantown. Big surprise. And they do a Best of Morgantown thing every year where they literally will go through and name uh, have have people in the area vote for best whatever best restaurant best chef best uh car place like <laughs> best burritos best gas place it, i mean literally it's a thing like if you go to i don't want i don't know their actual web address but if you look up best of morgantown you'll find these lists have been curated for like five years or so now. I want them to do a best podcast category, and I want to win best podcast. That's what I really want. I want them to say best podcast, hyphenation. You know why? Because I'm out here grinding. Of course, I mean, I, I have other competition, but I mean... I got the best. I got the world's greatest podcast, man. I want to win this award. I want them to create a best podcast category, and I want to win it. That is my goal. So that's why I was going to everybody's heads last year around this time, uh, saying that I had the best podcast. And I think, I think, I may have started it before, but I really think the world's greatest podcast started tagline started because I was staking my claim 
for when this category comes alive. It may never come alive because if you're familiar with the show Drinking Partners, which is done by Ed Bailey and Dave Bracey, they're out of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has uh, some kind of Best Podcast Award, and they've won it two years running in a row. I want to win a Best Podcast Award, damn it. And I want Morgantown Magazine to give it to me. <sighs> so that's one of my short-term goals. Anyway, sorry. Got away from myself. That's one of the reasons I was going to Adam's podcast and at Kevin and Eric's show. I still don't like Kevin and Eric together. I still don't understand the appeal of why they're on the morning show so long. And I just assume that as much as the problem at the Kevin Connolly morning show was as much as Adam and Sarah. Well, there's a new radio station in town, Morgantown 92.1, 92.1 Morgan, Morgan 92.1, Morgan 92.1. That's the name of the station. Adam and Sarah have the morning show on there now. And I listen to it and I laugh and I enjoy myself. The problem was Kevin Connolly. They're freaking great. They're freaking great, man. And honestly, while they don't have the top 40 that VAQ has, I've been listening and turning everyone I know onto 92.1 as much as I can. So my apologies to Adam Atris and Sarah McGuire because your morning show is great. And I apologize for every awful thing I may have said about you over the years because I've definitely shown y'all and y'all didn't deserve it. It was Kevin. And if Kevin's your friend, obviously Kevin is your friend because y'all left the morning show when he did. Not to say that you were forced out. I don't know the true situation, but I'm sorry. You guys are great and way more talented than I gave you credit for. Just wanted to say that. Where else can you find hyphenation? Oh, hyphenpodcastgroup.wordpress.com. Hyphenpodcastgroup.com coming sooner than later. Uh, you can find Hyphenation on Stitcher for you Android users, Google Play Music. You can find Hyphenation on there as well as all the other great podcasts on Hyphen Pod from the Hyphen Podcast Group, all available there. Uh, you can find us find Hyphenation on the Tune in the Tune In app, and then if you uh, Google Hyphenation Podcast, you'll find me as well in various podcatchers around the world. And if you use the RSS feed, which is feeds.feedburner.com slash hyphenation2016, and put that address to your favorite podcast listening device, you will get all 40 episodes of FIRE! Felt like the new day when I said that one. Yeah. So, a couple announcements. Two, two quick announcements. As this show keeps rolling on, it's almost been like four hours, right? Thought this would be like ten minutes and out. Uh, the Lemon and the Fro show has now become Lemon on the Edge. With my schedule, it is really hard to meet up with another person to record consistently. So Lane has now taken on the show by himself. He recorded an episode last week, but... He decided not to release it because of it being a week old, just because he was having issues with getting it from getting it actually over to me. So the fourth episode of the now retitled Lemon in the Fro podcast, now it's Lemon on the Edge, will 
be coming out soon from Lane, and he might have a guest. He might do a solo one. I'm going to have to check in with him. And then also, for anybody who checked out the Molly Fog, the music podcast with me and Thomas DJ, that also came to an end. We started, I think we started it before Aaliyah was born. Aaliyah is almost, is closer to four than she is three now. And we've only done four episodes, again, because my schedule is really hard to line up with other people, especially when Thomas lives in Brooklyn, and I mean, I'm in West Virginia, we have to do Skype, and he, he works, I work, and then when I'm off, I have family, Tom, I got other stuff I got to do, he has things that he wants to do, so it's really hard to line up the time to do it consistently, so I, with regret, have to say that the Molly Fog Music episodes, or podcast, is also ended as well. So Lemon and Fro became Lemon on the Edge, and Molly Fog the Music is no more. I appreciate everybody checking it out, and uh, all those episodes will still be up on iTunes. Free to check out. If you want to contact me, B-H-Y-P-H-E-N, B-hyphen at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, at B-hyphen, and on Facebook, hyphen universe. No more resilient redundancies of Kellen Conley, because I just got tired of spelling resilient redundancies. And hyphen universe is much easier. And in case you didn't notice, Hyphen Universe is now the title of my YouTube channel as well. Magical. Uh, I don't think there's anything else to tell you guys. Really? I think that's it. Y'all need to get out of here. That's episode 40. It's been, it's been real. 41, 41 coming, coming next. Uh, but seriously, I appreciate everybody listening. Call your loved ones, tell them you love them. Hug them when you see them. Tell them what they mean to you. Don't take no shit. Let that negativity out of your life if need be. Go see that movie. (laughs) And, uh... And, uh... uh, I don't know why I'm... Because it's my podcast and I do what I want. My podcast. Hyphen Nature. <laughs> Thanks, y'all.